Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Episode 39, move the microphone so you can hear me speaking to you from inside the HQ, my microphone. How are we? I hope you are safe. I hope you are well. Oh, I hope your heart is filled with joy because there is some good news for once. We uh, currently still bow deep, bow deep. There was a time when I thought we might be at the taint. Possibly uh, the gooch was no longer submerged, but we remain bow deep in a global pandemic. Global, uh, although not Spain, it would seem, or the Balearics, as people continue to fuck off for a fortnight. Uh, people are, are have lost their jobs, people have lost their life savings, people have been removed from their house, P- 
people have had possessions removed from them. They are in tens of thousands of pounds worth of debt. They have lost loved ones, family members. But take comfort in the fact that there are people out there and somehow scumbags have managed to claw together enough sun holiday stamps to get themselves out to the Balearics for two weeks. Uh, and then the bastards are complaining because they think they should get sick pay when they come back. Unbelievable! Have you, have you got a holiday? Pl- Do you have a holiday planned? Are you travelling abroad? <laughs> it feels like some kind of insurance advert stroke scam. Listen, I have seen a lot of people um, posting pictures of family holidays in Scotland, right? And they're doing their very best to make it as if, one, they're happy with that, and two, they're enjoying themselves, right? My heart goes out to these people. Fill in posts with hashtag staycation, hashtag at home, hashtag Scotland, not Spain. Listen, I, I know... As you tuck the kids into that awning and you, your husband or, or partner or, or whoever it is you're on holiday with the Wayne's with and you pull that three and a half tog itchy duvet over the toppies in that four beth caravan and Peterhead and you cry yourself to sleep and I, and I get it, I get it, right? We all wish we were on holiday. But not all of us can make it holiday. Uh, some of us are, are at home. Skint out our tits. I don't know who at Bank of Scotland I need to speak to. But believe me, you, you're wasting your time by sending me these texts to tell me that I am now over and over. Dry. Hey, I, you don't think I know that? You may as well just... Open a shop window and scream out that because you're, you're speaking out of the void, son, right? Doesn't matter how many texts you send me, nothing's going to change in the foreseeable future, okay? We are, we are, uh, we're scraping the barrel here, lads. But Mr. Bank of Scotland feels the need to continue to. You will be charged daily, Mr. Gibson. You fucking, you go ahead with that seven pence daily charge. Because you only made it worse for yourself. So people, it seems, are, are holidaying abroad. Um, I'll be honest, when I first heard that a lot of people were going on holidays, I thought, what? Um, and then when you see the pictures, and it just kind of it just hammers home again the point that it feels like we are the only ones still in fucking lockdown. That's what it's starting to feel like now. Because I know that some parts of America are still a bit kind of tight on situations, but I would say 95% of America is on fire and people are going about their daily lives. You see pictures of people in Spain and they're all sitting in restaurants, they're out in bars, they're doing their thing, you're like, it just looks like a holiday, it just looks like a normal holiday. Only this time, maybe your two-star, all-inclusive uh, apartment stroke hotel may be forced to occasionally run a mop over the floor. Um, and then the government's done a U-turn saying that, hey, Spain, Spain's dirty now, dirty Spain. No, see when you come back? Two weeks in lockdown, and now everybody's up in arms going, but I, but I have to return to work, and if I have to go back into lockdown for two weeks, I may lose my job. 
the the longer this goes on, and I didn't want to talk about fucking COVID up the top because we've actually got some things to talk about today. But uh, it's just everything. Everything is just highlighting how incompetent governments are. That's all it's doing. It's highlighting how incompetent they are, and, and I'm talking both. It's highlighting how incompetent Bojangles is with the Tories, and it's highlighting how incompetent Sturgeon is with the SNP in Scotland. Now, do not read between the lines. Don't think I'm saying anything else. I am a yes man, Scottish independence. I've been SNP since the day I could vote. I will be until we get independence, and then I'll maybe edge my bets and see what's happening elsewhere. But this is highlighting how incompetent governments are. Everything with the travel, everything with masks, everything with the economy. Take the masks for a start. They should have come out at the start, right? If if there was a if there was evidence or if there was research or if there was cause for concern or need for both governments to suddenly advise that people should be wearing masks. The line should have been, if you leave your front door, if you cross the threshold of your own property, a face mask must be worn at all times. End of story. There's no, but what about if I go into this shop? What about if I go to Pret-a-Manger and I'm not actually buying anything to... I'm just, I'm just going to take it with you. I have to take my mask off then. Well, no, you don't. But what if I choose to sit down and eat my prawn sandwich? Do I, do I have to take my mask off then to eat my sandwich? Well, yes, you can take it off then. None of this grey nonsense. None of this grey area. That That's that's the problem with modern politics, if you like, or practices that people are, people are afraid to... It comes down to people are afraid to upset someone, right? People are afraid to say, right, we're not doing this anymore. But what about this person? What about those people who may not fit into that? Fuck every cunt in the arse. This is this has to be the logic. Right? This has to be the logic. Now, Nicola Sturgeon should finish every press conference with everybody get fucked and walk off. That should be it. The whole mask debate that's going on, and I'm sure, like me, you've seen people online going, I will not be wearing my mask. And now there's some kind of government app that you can download or a card you can request to say that you have medical exemption from wearing a mask. This is what I mean. Right from day one, both of them should have said, as soon as you open your front door, you wear a fucking mask. There wouldn't have been any there wouldn't have been any other follow up questions. You know, right, let's let's go to the floor. And uh, can I still um if you're in a supermarket, should a mask be what? Listen to me, you fucking piece of shit journalist cunt. Listen to what I am saying. As soon as you open your front door and cross the threshold into the world, you must, by law, wear a fucking mask. And here's the other thing. See this £30 fine or £100 fine? See if you're outside without a mask on, you're dead. You're taken away by a special task force. You're put in a van and you're executed, you're never seen again, your family are given no answers, they are left to to, to mourn their, their son, their daughter, their brother, their sister, their father, their, for, for the rest of their life, never known, always asking what happened, did he disappear, was he taken, was he murdered, did he run away, never known, 
living with that pain for the rest of their lives because you wouldn't wear a mask. The mask, the mask thing is really starting to annoy me, and it, it's it's annoying me. Not really for the reasons you think. It's it's not annoying me the people who are not wearing them because if if you are an adult. Right, if you are over the age, of, I would say twenty five. Right, you're an adult. Twenty six or above, you're an adult. Right, if you are over the age of twenty five, and you do not think that the vast majority of people in the world are fucking pieces of shit, then you have lived a very sheltered, very comfortable life. There are people out there who will always try and go against the grain twist things, manipulate things, cause an argument, cause problems, just for the sake of doing so. And those people will exist forever. This whole idea, the myth of, maybe after Covid we're all going to be dead nice to each other and the world will be like, kumbaya my lord. That has been shown after about four weeks. It was, not only was that never going to happen, it wasn't even on the cards. It wasn't even on the cards. So those people who still refuse to wear masks in shops, for example, or on trains, like they, they people, you know, they don't really bother me that much because I think, you know what, fuck it, look after yourself, man. Just look after yourself. People want to go and do daft things, you know, or just go against it for the sake of it. Let them do it. Who cares? My problem now is I'm going back to government and legislation. This is what's annoying me. Just don't have these grey areas. Just don't have grey Just say to them, wear a fucking mask and sit. That is it. I mean, what, what would be the problem with that? People would come in and go, oh my God, we're living in it. It's like fucking communism. We're bloody controlled by communists telling us how to live our lives. Just get a fucking mask on your cunt. Just get a fucking mask on. And the other, the other one was a holiday thing, man. You know? Um, the, the holiday situation's an odd one. That people are still going abroad, you know, and I know it's a whole economy thing, and and it's a different conversation to have because the government needs to stimulate the economy, and travel does that, and people spend things, you know, and they go to Primark or Primark or Prada Mark or whatever the fuck you call it, and they buy a whole new wardrobe for fifteen pence so they can go abroad, and that gets into the coffers and the con. I get it. I get it. You know. Even though there will have been people sitting in the house with full pay for the last four months on a fucking holiday. They're like, Sandra, I need to get away. I still need a holiday, Sandra. I need a holiday. So you've came out of sitting in your ass day fuck all. You go and sit in your ass day fuck all in a foreign country. You know, and I get that, right? People have this idea of, you know, they need a holiday. Once, twice a year, I get it. Never used to be a thing, you know. I only started going abroad when I was maybe, you know, in my, my teens, 13, 14 maybe, you know, I went to Turkey, first first holiday abroad, you know. But now it's a, now it's a given thing. People have to get in holiday. You need to have a holiday. I need a, I need a holiday. I love our God, I need a holiday. Even in the midst of a global pandemic, well, where, where does that matter, you know, where does that matter? They've got it there and we've got it here, so how should I not be there with them and they can be here with me? Again, government should have just come out and went, listen, they can't go on holiday. End of story. But I want a holiday. I don't give a fuck what you want. I don't give a fuck what you want.
<laughs> Nobody's gone at all. That should be whoever is running for like the next PM or first minister. <laughs> that should be that should be the slogan. I don't give a fuck what you want. <laughs> the next PM, right, or or first minister, should be like somebody's granny. Like an old woman, early 70s, knows how to make tablet, can tuck a bed, like hospital bedding, you know, like can, can none of this fucking fitted sheet nonsense, nah, she's old school man, a good thick bed sheet, fucking sharp corners on it, so sharp, if you run by the bed too quick, fucking slice your shins open, right, hardcore, a hard old woman. You know, battered a couple of her ex-husbands, she's raised six kids, four of them were born in the house, the last two she didn't even know she was pregnant, farted away in it, kept frying chips, hard as nails. And her slogan is, I don't give a fuck what you want. <laughs> Granny knows best. <laughs> Vote for Sandra. 2022, whatever the next fucking election is. But hey, look, listen. Wear a mask. Don't go on holiday. Don't be a cunt. End of story. Let me turn that down a little tad. That seems a bit loud on the old fucking wee monitor thing. <laughs> oh, what the hell was that? That was a, that was a double intake of breath there. Right, a um, few things to discuss. Um, where do we start? Where do we start? We've got Russia. Um, cats. Got a couple of good stories as well for the for the world of news. Uh, let's go with a bit of good news. Like I said, we have been we have been living in a, in, a, in the hardest time ever. Um, I've, I've been thinking a lot recently about. I keep seeing this. Right, here's what it was. Just just pick a fucking subject, Scott, and talk about it. And for the love of God, was watching American Gogglebox, which was intriguing um, and quite entertaining in the fact that uh, even American uh, Z-list celebrities are thick as shit Americans as well. I was, watching, I was watching them, which just sounds weird, I was watching them watch a TV show as Gogglebox is. And it was some kind of graduation ceremony when, because graduation from school um, is such a big deal in America, you know, it's where prom night comes from and, oh my God, I'm going to lose my virginity on prom night. And they get a fucking big ball gown and a, and a stretch limo and then they, they go and get fingered in the gym. And the because they can't graduate this year because of, because of COVID, they were having some kind of weird online live telethon graduation thing for like every student in the in America. So I don't know what it was. And LeBron James was hosting it, looking like a jihadi fundamentalist. It was very odd. And they had people singing the national anthem, obviously. But then they've got all the celebrities going, This this generation of kids is like the greatest generation and they've come together. So you're like, what the fuck are you people talking about? What are you talking about? 
because they can't get to go to a party to have their graduation party somehow they're going through some struggle in life what the fuck it's amazing the things that people put focus on as being important in your life and they are not important one bit i i have i have this uh, gift and ability if you like to to sense bullshit straight away i can meet someone i've even been able to do it in in photographs where i i can meet someone and within 30 seconds i can tell you if you're a cunt or no and i have 100 percent strike rate on that never been wrong never in my life have i been wrong many many a time i have been with a group of people Someone has been introduced to the group, they have then left, uh, and I have said, what a fucking cunt that person is. Oh, no, they're not, no, no, you've got that rank, big man, they're lovely. And then within a couple of months, boom. Who's right? Your old da. Never wrong. Never wrong. And I could sense this bullshit from a young age. There, there's something about kids, children now, growing up now, and probably millennials as well, right? Because I, I would... Even though I could sense it was it was nonsense, I was sold that lie, right? And it's the idea of you can be anything. We could have been anything that we wanted to be. You can be anything you want. No, you can't, right? Your Uncle Gibble's here to tell you, you can't, okay? Depending on where you live, what your social and financial upbringing is, you can probably be about three things, right? You can't be anything you want to be. So get that out of your fucking head right now. And this whole idea that we've taken from America, you know, that your life starts now and school's so important. School's not important at all. School is not important at all. Some of the most successful people in the world dropped out of school. Didn't they finish school? Went to college, university, dropped out. It's fucking nonsense. I can vividly remember being 14, starting standard grades, and being told by a teacher, this is the most important year of your life. And when you're young, that's a lot to... T- that's pressure, you know? And you believe them. Everybody believed them. I believed them for about fucking 10 seconds. This is the most important year of your life. And then you do your exams and you come back next year, right? And they sit you down. And do you know what they say to you then? They say, listen, this is the most important year of your life. But, sir, you told us last year, I know, but don't forget about that. This year is the most important year of your life. And they do that again, they do it again, until you set your hires, and then that's the most important year of your life. And then you do, you come back for six years, you get some more hires. And then you start doing your personal development fucking university bullshit thing, and you're like, my name is Scott, and I love school, and I like colouring in. So you can go to university. And then you get university, it's like, this is the most important year of your life. And you're like, what a lot of fucking shite. It's nonsense. And as I was watching this thing about these kids, man, and people at home crying, going, they've came through so much. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then, I found a news story, which has filled me with hope. Filled me with hope and enjoying it. It's about time we got some good news. And the good news is, Heroin production is an all-time high. Yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. You heard that right. Heroin production is an all-time high. We may be in the midst of a global pandemic. 
But that has not stopped the good people of Western Afghanistan getting into those fields and tending to that opium. Now, when I first saw this, um, I thought, I actually didn't know what it was because the headline does not uh, lead with um, mass increase in, in heroin production. It actually leads with solar power, right? And it's something, I think the headline was, How Solar Power is Helping Afghanistan. And I was like, I've got any interest in this. And then I read slightly and I thought, oh, hold on a minute here, this is taking a sharp left turn. Now, when solar panels first came out, I can remember there being a big drive for people to get it on their house. I remember you getting phone calls left, right and centre. I remember people setting up businesses. A, a, a guy who was a director in a company that I worked with set up a business on the side selling solar panels. You know, it was, it was a big push for it, you know. Bams would come around your house. All right, hen, do you, do you own the house? You do, right, okay. Um, listen, have you thought about the power of the sun? Can I can I talk to you about the power of the sun? Now, am I right in saying that if you turn on a plug, you get electricity? Right, okay, well, that actually comes for the grid, which is a secret underground generator filled with Russian diesel, and uh, they charge you about 652 pence to the pound to get that electricity in the house so you can turn your toaster on, your kettle, your straighteners, that kind of thing, your television. Do you watch television, hen? You do. Fantastic. Okay, you know that's powered by electricity. You do. That's great. Okay, so what it is, it's, it's the power of the sun, hen. The power, no, the newspaper, no, the, the sun in the sky. Um, are you aware of the sun, hen? I know you're not seeing it much today. <laughs> I live in Scotland, eh? but the power of the sun, hen. What it is, is we're going to put a wee panel, right? Just a wee panel made of glass or a black glass, right? With a wire in it. So we put that panel on the roof of your house, right? And then it captures the sun. But not the actual sun, and the power of the sun, right? It captures the power of the sun and turns that into electricity for your house, right? And then see if you get too much power for the sun, you can sell that back to the grid. Now, I mean, you fancy that, hence it's 14 and a half grand for six panels. So, solar power um, made its way to Afghanistan, you know, via China, I would imagine. And uh, the Afghan farmers are now are now using solar power, solar panels, to uh, power the pumps, the water pumps that spread the crops. Right? Very interesting. The, the there was an image of the the markets in Western Afghanistan, where the farmers get their agricultural supplies from, right, to grow the opium. And normally it is, so it showed you a picture like in 2012, and it's just, it's just stacks, right? It's just crates stacked on top of each other. Towers, I mean, hundreds of feet high, right? And they're all generators, diesel generators, right? And now all the farmers have switched to electric pumps powered by solar panels. And their production has gone through the roof. I think the dates were 2014 to 2017, and it's something like the not only just the the, the production like they've more than doubled the production of opium, but the change in the landscape. Now this is desert. This is desert land, right? And because they have been able to power electric generators, electric motors through these solar panels, they are cutting down the cost of diesel. They don't know how to transport the diesel there. 
They're then using the generators to to power the water pumps, which is fertilizing the land, spreading the land. The the aerial images of that part of Afghanistan is unbelievable. You're talking in the space of three, three and a half, four years. They have gone from tiny, tiny patches of fertilized land. Fertilizer. Fertilized land, green space, surrounded by desert, to increasing that size of farmland two, three, four hundred percent in some parts. All because they are becoming more efficient at being able to spread the water and being able to turn the land and work the land because they now have solar power generators. Now, take aside the fact that that farmland is then being used to produce opium, which is then being made into heroin, 85%, according to this article, of the world's heroin comes from Afghanistan. That is insane. 85% Eighty-five percent of the world's opium comes from Afghanistan. Two thousand and twelve, the uh, so I suppose the world is suspected because there's no way they're going to actually know because it's not as if the farmers are clocking in going, "That's me done uh, four hundred kilo a day, Franco." They 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 expect four thousand tons of opium was harvested. In Afghanistan in 2012. And by 2019, with the introduction of the solar panels, I suppose the maybe advanced farming techniques or efficiency going up, they had increased production from 4,000 tonnes in 2012 to 9,000 tonnes in 2019. 9,000 tonnes of opium from Western Afghanistan in 2019. Now, now the worry, obviously the fear about that, is the, the current situation that we find ourselves in. And, and some people are narrow-minded in their thinking in that, you know, we're going to go back to work and everything's going to return to normal. I don't, I don't think people are accepting or understanding of just how how much this pandemic is going to affect our lives for the next decade, if not longer. All of these bailouts, all of these handouts, that has to be repaid, and it's not repaid by the, the businesses or companies or who, who received the handout. That's repaid by us. That's repaid by the taxpayer. That's how fucked up governments are. They will give your taxpayer money to a government, to an institution as a bailout. And then you repay that bailout. We, We are going to be in a very difficult financial situation for many years to come. And as that unfolds, as, as, as poverty lines increase, as unemployment without question will increase, people will start to turn to to drugs. You, you look at, I believe it was the figures in, in the 80s when um, I, the last time that Afghan heroin flooded the UK as unemployment levels went through the roof. At the start of 2019, 
the police had seized 1.3 tons, 1.3 tons of heroin that had been shipped from Afghanistan to the UK. Street value 120 million. It's it's interesting to see that. I wonder if I wonder if the farmers. I was gonna say I wonder how they feel about it, but it's a crop. Opium's been been grown and harvested for years, you know. So to them, it's no. I don't. They don't see it as heroin. I wouldn't imagine. I also wonder what the the, the kickback is. I wonder the. I wonder how much. I wonder how much an Afghan farmer gets for a ton of opium raw opium he grows one ton of it i wonder what his fee is because if you're getting 120 million for 1.3 ton i guarantee he's not getting 100 million quid for a ton of opium i also wonder if uh, the guys who pushed for solar panels and solar power to be mass produced and marketed across the world if they thought that one day they would be responsible for the dramatic increase in heroin production in Afghanistan. <laughs> it's it's interesting how I spoke before, um it may have been in a Patreon episode, I can't remember about some inventions that came from NASA that had been uh either invented for the purpose of being used in space exploration or space travel but didn't work and then were taken into the mainstream. I wonder if the guys who pushed for solar technology and solar panels to be mass-produced would ever have thought that there would be Afghan farmers using their solar panels to power the electric pumps, to spread the water, to farm the land, to produce opium, to increase heroin production across the world. What a strange world. But bad good news. So if any of you there are, uh, are on the heroin or you're considering you're on the heroin um i would say hold off for another couple of months until that afghan brown sweeps its way across the uk a cat has coronavirus it was only a matter of time right now i'm i'm not going to put my conspiracy theory hat on here I'm telling you right now, something doesn't sit right about this with me. Um, now, it said when the when the news article first came out, excuse me, it said it was a cat, but the 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 articles now are, ref- are referring to it as a, a pet. But it's a fucking cat, right? No, I don't think we should all rush out and put a cat's doing. Um, I'm I am, listen. I've said this before, I don't believe a word that I read or hear on the news anymore. Uh, mainstream news, Sky News, BBC, I don't believe a single word they say anymore. I I think that this is, I think it's a hoax, I think it's a story, I've maybe proved wrong, but I feel as if this is just another way to cash in. Now, I'll read the article, um, headline being, Pet cat becomes first animal to test positive for COVID-19 in the UK. So, is this the first uh, domestic pet to test positive for COVID in the world or just the UK? Has there been other um, pets 
tested COVID, tested positive for COVID-19. And if so, why have we not heard about it? Because we've always been told animals cannot contract the virus. So what's going on? Is this something that we have known about? Is this something governments have known about that it can transfer to animals, that animals can transfer to humans? Can they do that? I don't know. Or is this just another story to continue to feed the fear without giving you any actual information? Let's read the article and find out because I think that that might be the case. A pet cat has become the first animal to test positive for coronavirus in the UK. The only details known about the feline. Why are these? Why so? So what you're saying is we don't know any details, but we're going to publish a national news story, put this out in the news, and terrify people. Okie dokie. Just see for me. If you listen to this podcast and you listen to me rant and moan about stuff, just if you do one thing, just ask yourself the question every time when you read the news or you watch the news. Just ask: Is this actually a news story? Or is this designed to create fear? That's it, because that's all this is. You know for a fact, as soon as that came out on the news, bong, cat test positive for COVID-19, every old woman in her house, we all are cats sitting there, your poor wee granny, you know, your grandpa died five years ago, she's all lonely, but she's a strong, independent woman, doesn't want to go in a home, stays in her own house, keeps it nice and clean and tidy. You go and see her every now and again. You don't see her as often as you like. You can't see her because of COVID, for fuck's sake. But she's got the two cats, Frank and Sandra, to keep her company. And now she finds out that cats can get COVID and she's not going to be shiting herself. She'll be like, oh, Sandra and Frank, my two wee cats. The only details known about the feline are that it lives in England and was tested at a laboratory in Weybridge, Surrey, last week on the 22nd of July. Tested how? With the cat showing symptoms? Did it go to a vet? Again, so vague, these news stories. So vague. China. Evidence suggests it contracted the virus from its owners. So you telling me... You telling me that we can pass the virus to our pets? Evidence suggests it contracted the virus from its owners who had previously tested positive for COVID-19, but both the animal and the family have since made a full recovery, the government said. It added there is no evidence that the cat transmitted coronavirus to its owners or that any other domestic pets are able to either. Chief Veterinarian Officer Christine Middlemiss explained it was a very rare event and infected animals detected so far only... Sorry. Read that again. Chief Veterinary Officer Christine Middlemiss explained it was a very rare event and infected animals detected so far only show mild clinical signs and recover within a few days. Yvonne Doyle, Medical Director of Public Health England, said the findings should not be a cause for alarm. So why the fuck is this national news? In line with the general advice on fighting coronavirus, you should wash your hands regularly, including before and after contact with animals, she added. The cat was initially diagnosed with feline herpes, in the name of God, a common respiratory infection uh, by a private vet, the environment, the environment Department said on Monday. A sample was then tested for coronavirus as part of a research programme by the Animal and Plant Health Agency, and the feline was also found to have SARS-CoV-2, the virus known to cause COVID-19 in humans. The case has been reported to the World Organization for Animal Health, 
in line with the international commitments the government confirmed. It added there have been a very small number of confirmed cases in pets in other countries in Europe, North America and Asia. First I'm hearing about this. Professor Margaret Hosey from the MRC University of Glasgow, Glasgow uh, Centre for Virus Research was part of the team that led the research into the cat she said there has been sporadic reports of felines having coronavirus in households that also tested positive for the virus in Hong Kong, Belgium, France, Germany, Switzerland, Spain and the US. So why are we not hearing about this? Why why are we why are we only hearing about this now? If we are being told your dog can't get it, your fucking hamster, your gerbil, your cat, your budgie, your parrot, any any animal you've got in that house. My husband's an animal, they can't get the virus. But now they tell you there has been reports and animals have tested positive for the virus in Hong Kong, Belgium, France, Germany, Switzerland, Spain and the US. That's a significant difference then. It cannot be transmitted. One high profile example was uh, a tiger at New York Bronx Zoo back in April. Did any know about that? All available evidence suggests that the cat was infected from its owners who had previously tested positive. The cat and its owners have since made a full recovery and there was no transmission of the virus to the other animals or people in the household. According to Professor Alan Radford, a professor in veterinary health informatics at the University of Liverpool, Liverpool, 5% of animals tested in areas that have a high rate of coronavirus test positive for antibodies, showing that many could have or have had the virus. So infection in, is possible in pets, but probably rare. That said, if we have COVID-19 ourselves, we should reduce contact with pets as much as possible and keep cats indoors if they're happy to do so. In the early weeks of the UK's outbreak, worried cat owners crashed the website of the British Veterinary Association following confusion as to whether their pets would have to be kept indoors. It was later clarified that only cats from households infected with coronavirus or where their owners are self-isolating should be kept indoors, right, so again, it's just a fear story, it's just a, it's just a fear story, what's going to happen now is, you will find very quickly that another couple of pets, um, cats, and then a dog, right, will get coronavirus, and it'll be national news, then you'll find that somebody's pet has died, and they'll say it's not coronavirus, but it did have the virus, and there's slight complications around it, the next step for that will be a veterinarian, uh, a vet will find a vaccine for felines and for dogs and household pets. It won't be a vaccine for humans, but it'll be a vaccine for your animals. And every single pet owner will rush to the vets to get the vaccine because we don't want our animals to die of COVID. And that vaccine will cost you two and a half to three grand. And it won't be available on your insurance. And then what will happen next year is if you have uh, pet insurance for your animals... Um, your insurer will say, listen, see, because of COVID and we know now the animals can get it, well, your premium is going to be £295 a week for your cat, all right? It's all fucking bullshit. Apparently, a wee cat has got, has got the old COVID. Uh, he made a full recovery. And his mom and dad's fine as well. As soon as I read that, I thought, this is just going to have pensioners terrified. I can't lose my wee cat, Billy. I can't lose him. The vet wants six grand for a vaccine. Well, we're going to have to fucking remortgage the house then. <laughs> That's what it is. Vets will have been sitting at home going, 
Fucking NHS getting hundred million billion dollar payouts. People out fucking panic buying paracetamol. Nobody's bringing their dog in to get his nails cut anymore because suddenly folk are realising, hey, I can do this in the house, you know. There's also a little thing called Amazon. And if I find out the drug that my, my dog or my cat takes, I can go on Amazon and I can buy it there fucking for half the price the vet sells it. Who knew that, eh? So the vets have got together and went, listen, it's time we get a wee news story out there, right? Remember that lion or the tiger in New York, whatever the fuck it was. We need the press to leak that I can't in Surrey. That's all the information we gave them. It's tested positive for COVID. Alright? Then we sit quiet for a month. And then we leak that we've been working on a vaccine for household pets. And then we watch the fucking millions flood in. Never trust a vet. Never trust a vet. Another news story that actually had been pointed out to me because I um, I never saw it and then I thought this this can't be right. This must be another bam up. Is the old the old Ruskies, the old Russians apparently are um, were involved in the Scottish independence in two thousand fourteen. Apparently, right the one that we lost. Apparently, the old the old Ruskies. We're involved in it. Um, now, I I hope that the Russians are just making another push for the title. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. When Russia was the enemy, Hollywood movies were a million times better. A million times better! Hunt for Red October. The Rocky Ivan Drago. A million times better. When the Germans were the bad cunts. Hollywood movies. A million times better. Right? When it became Afghanistan. And the Iraqis. And the Saudis. Films were shite. No, it's the Chinese. And films are shite. So I'm fully on board. We're getting Russia... Back to the top as number one bad guy. And then hopefully the films, the TV series will get back to the glory days. Right? The reason we can all do Russian accents, I Mr. because we know a good baddie is a Russian. Right? We're all a bit uneasy now, the way the world is, right? We're all fucking right on, brothers and sisters, eh? But you don't want to offend anybody. You know, if you have a Chinese guy as a baddie, you don't want to do the fight, you're scared to do his voice, i got to kill you, Mr Bond. You don't want to do that. You know, but if it's a Russian, i kill you, Mr Bond. That's fine. Fully on board for reinstating Russia as the bad guys. Fully on board. So... It appears they have been uh, interfering, if you like, with the Scottish Independence. Apparently, they did not get involved in the Brexit uh, debate. Uh, they have they have categorically said that because they, you know, the English racists were able to do that on their own. But an article um, 
from a, a fictional news outlet called the BBC. It reads as follows, Nicola Sturgeon has warned against complacency over Russia interference in the UK after a report highlighted links to the 2014 independence vote. A new report to MP uh, cited credible commentary suggesting that Russia took part in influence campaigns in 2014. MPs said the UK government should have recognised the threat but actively avoided looking for interference. Uh, there you go. English government turning a blind eye to the old Ruskies. Or were the English government in cahoots with the Russians? Uh-huh. The First Minister said there was too little in the report about the Scottish referendum to draw conclusions, which is true, because I have read another couple of articles on it. But she said we should not be at any point complacent about the possibility of Russian interference in our democratic processes, accusing UK ministers of negligence. Ms Sturgeon was speaking at the release of a long-awaited report to Westminster's Intelligence and Security Committee into Russian activity in the UK. The inquiry covers topics ranging from disinformation campaigns to cyber tactics in the role of Russian expatriates. Uh, And says the UK is a top target for the Russian state. The report, which is heavily redacted due to fears that Russia could use evidence in it to threaten the UK, cites credible open-source commentary that Russia undertook influence campaigns in relation to the Scottish independence referendum in 2014. It says this was described as potentially the first post-Soviet Russia interference in a Western democratic process. The report also highlights that theories and irregularities in the conduct of the vote were widely pushed by Russian state media, but says the UK government viewed this as being primarily aimed at discrediting the UK in the eyes of domestic Russian audiences. Ms Sturgeon sought to distance the SNP and the Yes campaign from the Russian state, saying the Scottish independence movement and the values I and my party stand for, I don't think could be further removed from the kind of values that Vladimir Putin and the Russian regime stand for. She she said she would have no objection to a deeper inquiry into Russian interference, saying the UK government should be taking a greater step to find out whether this is happening. Ms Sturgeon added, I don't think you can draw any conclusions from the lines in the report, Uh, has on the Scottish independence referendum but I would include that in my general remarks about not being complacent about Russian interference the main message out of any initial reading of the report would be that I think they could possibly be described as negligent from the UK government in the face of potential Russian interference again it just feels, feels like another it feels like another article that never actually gets to the bottom and never answers anything you know, there's accusations that the Russians are involved in in the in the debate and in the in the way that the 2014 independence referendum is is portrayed online, whether it be fake news, China, whether it be putting out news stories, social media stuff to influence people and to make a decision. But then nothing's ever answered, and, and any report is heavily redacted, and they say, "Oh, but scared in case the Russians got a hold of it." Oh, politics is mental, isn't it? Politics is fucking mental. Um, SNP MP Stuart Hosey, a member of the committee, uh, said it is astonishing that no one in government 
had sought beforehand to protect the 2016 referendum from such attempts or investigated afterwards what attempts to influence it there may have been 2016 obviously being the um the vote leave campaign but then they wouldn't want i mean the the, the english government westminster government wouldn't be concerned if um Russia was involved in the Brexit vote because Russia wanted them to leave, I would imagine. If the focus on the Russian government is to dismantle the, the UK and weaken its position, then it would want them to leave Europe, surely. And that's probably why they're not going to do any form of investigation on that. Uh, at a press conference uh, to launch the report, Mr Hosey was asked... Uh, if there were concerns about the involvement in Scottish political figures such as former First Minister Alex Salmond, who hosts a talk show on Russian state television. Mr Hosey said the report focused on Russian channels, which were able to very quickly get to the Russian state version of events, but stressed that it is not a criticism of any individual programme maker, commentator or presenter. There you go. Again, nonsense. And here's the thing. See, even if Russia were involved in the, or, or influenced Scottish independence referendum in 2014, what's, what's anybody going to do about it? What is anybody going to do about it? Absolutely, fuck all. Again, it, it might be wrong in me saying so, but I support, I support the movement to have Russia returned as number one bad guy. Just, it was just a better time. You know? It was just a better time for for films. It was a better time for, you know, East versus West. Mother Russia. It's a, you know, it's a part of... It's a part of the world I would love to go to. I'd love to go to Russia. I, I think I'm starting to feel as if we all kind of fall into different different types of people you know a lot of people are interested in kind of kind of asia visiting that part of the world and that's never really interested me central europe parts of europe where like mongolia i'd love to visit there some of the stands some of the stands definitely russia i think russia would be an incredible place to visit and i don't just mean moscow I mean, as a as a country, that's vast, vast. I'm I'm looking at an article here, right, that has the nine best Russian villains in movies. Um, obviously, and now it's, now it's deciding it's not working. Maybe that's because the Russians are listening, and I'm I'm talking about them, you know, and they're like, "Fucking shut this down now! Shut it down now!" Ivan Drago. In Rocky, 1985. See, I mean, the 80s, man. Good time for Russians. Russian superfighter Ivan Drago. I will kill him. Terrible Ivan Drago impersonation. Kills Rocky by boys' best. Killed Apollo Creed. And then Rocky fucking battled them. What else we got? Russian Olympic hockey team in Miracle, 2004. Huh? I mean... There must be better ones than that, surely. And a fucking rocking, rocking, fucking Russian hockey team. We have got 
uh, Rosa Kleb in From Russia with Love, 1963. Uh, a good point. I'm really sorry, guys. This uh, website is so slow. Ivan Kornozhov in Air Force One. What a great film, Air Force One, 1997. Gary Oldman, Ivan Kornozhov. Russian hijacker. The last words Gary Oldman's Russian hijacker heard before exiting the aircraft from Harrison Ford were Get off my plane. What a line, man. Again, when Hollywood films were brilliant and the baddie had a good line to go on, you throw a terrorist off a plane and you say, Get off my plane. Uh, Alexei Dissidensky, Doctor Strangelove, 1964, a film which I have never seen, but I have to see. Uh, Colonel Budovsky in Rambo, First Blood, Part 2, 1985, never knew he was a bad Russian. Boris Yozlov, Ice Station Zebra, 1968. Boris Vazlov, that just sounds like a bad guy, doesn't it? It just sounds, there's something about Russia, the way it's portrayed, it, they just, they're, they're the best bad guys there is. Russians and Scottish people are the best baddies in a movie. Boris Vazlov. Absolute bad bastard. Um, Tom Farrell, what a shite name that is. Uh, no Way Out, in 1987, Kevin Costner plays Tom Farrell, an upstanding naval officer, Assigned to task of finding a Russian spy. Um, there you go. No way out. And last, by no means leave, at uh, least, uh, Xena Onatop. Goldeneye, 1985. I think she's just in there for the dads, if I'm being honest with you. Come on for the dads. But there you go. Some some Rushkies that have been bad guys in films. They're the best bad guys. So do you know what, Russia, if you were involved in 2014... Hey, I voted yes, and you obviously voted no. I forgive you. Because we'll get there eventually. And maybe once Scotland is independent, you know, free from Westminster, then we can continue to have reduced rates and, and tax breaks for making films in Scotland, and then maybe the Russians will come back and make movies, you know, where they're the bad guys filmed in Scotland, and then everybody's happy. Maybe that's the future that we're one day all live in. Who knows? What you like, Russia? Yeah, we scamp. Right, team. Jeez, oh, I've just realised the time. Um, I honestly thought, I actually thought we had about half an hour left because there is a whole load of stuff still to go over. Um, I've got a number of questions from the legends uh, on the patreon um what have we still to cover we've got some amazing news stories that we found in the metro uh a woman has had a uh a, a throat cut and a, a viking reenactment we've no time to cover that um the chewbacca boyfriend we've no been able to cover that a woman's become obese in lockdown um and she's written an article about it, as well as the, the government's uh, way to tackle obesity. We've no other chance to talk about that, so we're going to talk about all this on the Patreon episode on Friday. 
as well as uh, questions. Uh, shout out to the legends who have asked a question on the Patreon. Andy, Andrew, uh, Sean, Lee Ormiston, Jack McDonald and Simon. Uh, guys, we're not going to have time to do the questions on this one, but we will pick up those questions on this week's Patreon episode. Now, every single Wednesday, the podcast comes out for free. Um, you are listening to it now, I hope. If you would like to support the show, then please do become a Patreon, a Patreoni. Very simple to do so. Head to my website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk or head to Patreon. It's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson and you can sign up there for as little as $5 a month, which is about £3.10. So less than the price of a pint uh, in fact, less than the price of a fancy coffee as well. And for that, you will get uh, eight podcasts a month. You'll also get early access to the Wednesday podcast. You'll get that on the Tuesday. And you will get the Patreon-only podcast every single Friday. You'll also get some extra goodies as they drop to Patreon-only. It is the best way to support the show, and it is the only way to access all of the content. So, if you would like to... Uh, support the show and get some more goodies, then do that now. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Big Scott Gibson and become a Patreon today. Right, that's us. Uh, we're going to keep these Wednesday ones to an hour and the Patreon ones will go a bit longer. So we will cover uh, those stories amongst other things on Friday as well as uh, your questions. And if you are on the Patreon at the moment and you'd like to ask a question, then get in touch uh, through there. And, uh, and drop me a question and we'll pick that up on Friday right thanks for listening team as always please share the episode share the show encourage people to listen let's grow the numbers and look after yourself stay safe as always wash your hands and your asshole, and I will see you on a battlefield soon almost almost